after three straight losses and a defense that just won't quit giving up points, is it time for the Charlotte Hornets to panic? That's today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We This is indeed Locked On Hornets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on YouTube. That's right. We're on YouTube. We are motion picture activated here on Locked On Hornets. It's always a fun time. Uh, when you come over to the YouTube channel, you can comment. Uh, you can eviscerate us for our takes. It's a good time. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. I am Doug Branson. I am solo today. No Walker mail. He's traveling for the holidays. He's left me to my own devices. And we know how scary that can be, uh, both for myself and the listener. But I'll tell you this. The reins have been taken off. I get to talk about whatever I want to talk about today. I'm like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer at the end of the movie when everybody figures out he can fly. Uh, the reins have been loosened. I am ready to go. I've got my Christmas, uh, my Charlotte Hornets ugly sweater on today. I've got my Christmas hat on. I've decided I'm going to get into this into the Christmas spirit. I, you know, the Hornets are not playing well, but that's fine. I am going to go ahead and get myself in the Christmas spirit, and hopefully they can come uh, with a win against the Nuggets. We'll have a preview of that on tomorrow's show. Uh, you can follow Walker on Twitter at Walker Mail. You can follow the show on Twitter uh, at Locked On Hornets, and you sub- you can subscribe to us on YouTube. And I really encourage you to do that at YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets podcast. All right, on the show today, you can see it behind me on the board. I want to talk about if it's time to panic in Charlotte after three straight losses. The defense does not seem to be coming together. Uh, They still haven't traded for a legitimate inside defensive threat. Uh, So we'll talk about that in just a moment. Plus, coming up later on the show, I want to know when does the schedule ease up? We'll dive into the schedule. It's been part of the reason why things have been so difficult as of late. You couple that with health and safety protocol absences and then getting those players back, trying to reintegrate them. Uh, Those players trying to get back into basketball shape. I think it's been a big reason why it might be panic time in Charlotte. So we'll take a look at the schedule. Plus, I saw something on Twitter about maybe Terry Rozier having the most disappointing season uh, for Charlotte uh, this year. And I'm not so sure about that. I want to dig in and see who has the most improvement to make heading into 2022. That'll be later in the show. But first, is it time to panic? Uh, there, I think there are some definite signals of panic. I wouldn't be surprised if there are Hornets fans that are panicking because I think a lot of Hornets fans came into this season with a lot of expectations for this team. A lot of that having to do with LaMelo Ball and how fantastic he's played this year. Um, you know, I, I think you you had some expectations that this team uh, had some big goals, uh, but there was a big absence underneath. You know, they they let Cody Zeller go to Portland. Uh, they they let Bismack Biombo go, and they replace him with uh, Mason Plumley. And you're sitting there wondering, all right, is is that good enough? 
uh, to compete in the NBA uh, is that because they really don't have anyone experienced behind Mason Plumley. Sure, they can go small with PJ Washington. You have some young guys like Nick Richards and Vernon Carey, but is but is that enough? And so far this year, it has not been enough. And now they've lost three straight games out on the road to Western Conference teams. But more importantly than the losses, it's how they are losing. Really terrible starts, bad offensive play. Surprisingly, this has been a number a top five offense and, and at times a number one offense in the league, hot shooting offense. That shooting has gone away, and the defense has just been absolutely horrendous. Uh, they just cannot keep teams from scoring 110 points. That's like the lowest level of scoring uh, that they'll allow from a team, and that's just not good enough, especially when your offense is starting to lag. So some definite panic signs, but I want to read you a few tweets here uh, that maybe can give you some hope uh, that things will ease up. Here's uh, the first one from Stan Van Gundy. Love Stan Van. He's got some great nuggets that he always shares on Twitter and uh, his appearances on television. He says on the tweet, Charlotte is 16 and 17, but keep in mind, not only have they endured a COVID outbreak, but they have played 21 of their 33 games on the road. I'm going to read that again. 21 of their 33 games on the road, the most in the league. They went into last night with the third most efficient offense in the NBA, but they are last in the league defensively. Here's another tweet from our friend David Walker, who also puts things a little bit into perspective. It's been looking rough as of late, but keep in mind the Hornets get their schedule balanced a bit after Christmas. They'll be done with the West Coast. They've had two big West Coast road trips, by the way. Two big ones, and they haven't done well, really, in either. They'll get more home games and hopefully no more of these wacky back-to-back versus teams that have been chilling for two days. And that's happened a lot. They've had a lot of back-to-backs, and the teams coming into these back-to-backs uh, have have had plenty of rest. And you know, we've gone over the stats on the Hornets. When they get rest, they've played well. When they are playing these back-to-backs or overtime games, they have not played well this season. I think some of so I'm not yet in panic mode. I will tell you when it's time to panic or when I will panic. You can panic whenever you like. I'll tell you when I'm going to panic. I'm not in panic mode yet because I think the defensive issues are fixable uh, both through the trade market. The Hornets have some options to trade. But I think it's also fixable within the team's context, you know, within what they have on the roster. You know, so much of nobody on the team right now is complaining about the schematics of the defense. And they've thrown a lot of junk defenses out there, but I don't hear a lot of Hornets complaining that they don't have a great defensive game plan. Uh, But they've been very vocal about their level of defensive intensity, their level of defensive focus, and that's so much what defense is in the NBA. It's are we playing together? Are we communicating to one another? Are we, you know, going hard on the closeouts? Are we doing the things that we need to do individually and collectively to play defense? And I think those things are fixable. The offense, I think if if you have a bad offense in the NBA, I think that's harder to fix. You know, I mean, if if you can't shoot, you can't shoot. You know, this team can shoot, and they don't need to fix any of those offensive issues. I think the offense is lagging right now for two reasons. One, you're integrating players back. You had a massive part of your offense leave due to health and safety protocols. Now you're getting those players back. Not sure that any of those players are totally running at 100%, but now, you know, you you have those players 
that were playing without those five players, the, the people that were left behind to play, uh, they, they played a lot of games and they played a lot of minutes. And I think you're seeing them really kind of crash and burn into this Christmas break because they've just been simply run into the ground. Uh, so those are my reasons to hope. I'll tell you when to panic. The trade deadline. Mark it on your calendars. Set a reminder on your watch or on your phone. February 10th. 3 p.m. Eastern time, that's the trade deadline. And if the Hornets do not do something at the trade deadline to address this massive hole that they have down low, both offensively and defensively at this point, if they don't do something there, then I think, bam, you mash that panic button. You whack it. You whack that panic button. Because I don't know that the Hornets would have enough with the roster as it's currently constructed, and I don't know that changes could be made. Borrego's been doing the best, he's, the, the best he can. You've seen the adjustments, short rotations, lots of minutes for veterans, junk defenses, doing whatever he can, lots of zone, lots of zone defenses out there because they can't match up man-to-man. They don't have a presence down low that is really a threat defensively, and teams have been driving and finishing Teams have been driving and kicking and scoring a lot of points on the Hornets, and I don't know if that's that's necessarily fixable from a playoff perspective. I've said this many times. I think the Hornets, as they're currently constructed, if they if they figure out the issues defensively, you know, especially at the guard position, can they can they keep guys in front of them? Can they give their defense a chance to defend? I think they could figure that that thing out. But, but come playoff time, it's just going to be a massacre. And so I think if they don't make a move at the trade deadline, then you say, hey, this might not be a legitimate season. I don't think the Hornets can compete. You know, maybe it's time to play some of the younger guys. Maybe it's time to reevaluate some things. All right, let's evaluate uh, what's going on uh, around the holiday season. And I'll tell you, around my holiday season, it gets a little stressful. I'll be honest. And that's why I've been utilizing the Calm app. And I'm not the only one utilizing the Calm app. LeBron James utilizes the Calm app. Do you know what makes LeBron James King James? It's sleep. That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation. And uh, they've teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like King James. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm put, puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge, unquote. So if you head to calm.com slash NBA for a limited time, you're going to get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. I use it. It's great. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. Coming up, does this schedule ease up for the Charlotte Hornets? Stay tuned. This is Locked on Hornets. Been trying to decipher what the Thanksgiving sixth dish of the year is. Like, is there a dish at Thanksgiving that you think is the sixth dish of the year coming off of the bench and giving you big time minutes helping you win games? 
Wow. Well, see, I've been kind of screwed um, by my selection of a wife. Um, I always love sweet potatoes. Elaborate, it's Eric. Hurry, elaborate. Yeah, please, please, please. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Back here on Locked on Hornets, I'm Doug Branson. No Walker Mail today. He is tra- traveling for the holidays to get him back on tomorrow. No show on Friday. Enjoy your holidays with your families. Uh, I will try to get uh, – we'll do a preview of uh, the Denver Nuggets game and try to get a recap up uh, that night as well so you'll have something to feast on uh, on Friday. Uh, but I want to talk about in this oh, – by the way, thanks for making us your first listen every day. It's It's been just great to see uh, the amount of support that we've gotten here on the show since I've been back. And uh, since we've started this YouTube channel, a lot of people subscribing, they want to see us dress up in the B costumes. If we get to 500 subscribers, which I'm pretty sure we're close to, I'll have to take a look at the final number, but uh, it's getting up there, folks. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've, got the, I've got the B costume in my cart ready to hit buy as soon as we uh, hit 500 subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed yet, Uh, definitely head over to YouTube. You don't have to watch us on YouTube if you don't want to. You can see me in my ugly Christmas sweater today. Charlotte Hornets theme, by the way. Got this at the fan shop. Got my Christmas hat on, too. I don't know if they've made another Charlotte Hornets Christmas hat. This was the only one, and the Hornets have never played in a Christmas Day game, but one year they released these Christmas-themed hats uh, with the Hornets scripty letters and teal and kind of a cream-colored hat and then this, like, candle wax stamp on the side. I love a good side stamp. I love a good side patch. Two things I love on a hat, because I'm a big hat guy. Got a got a good-sized hat collection. David Walker's the shoe guy. I'm the hat guy. I like a good side patch, and I like anything that happens under the bill. Now, this one's a plain under bill. It's just the color of the, the bill itself. Uh, done all the way around. Um, but I like a good pattern on the underbill because uh, I tend to wear the hats kind of up high. So, you know, you can show off what's going on on the underbill. Anyway, let's get back to the Charlotte Hornets who have a game coming up uh, tomorrow against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, that's going to be a tough one, folks. Uh, there's no there's no way around it. They're uh, only missing uh, two players in health and safety protocols. Uh, they are uh, without one of their uh, biggest threats in uh, Jamal Murray, who is still injured, but they are a top team in the West. Uh, they play great offense. Uh, Jokic runs the show, and they also play a really, really stout defense. So it's going to be tough all around. Though, as we saw against the Utah Jazz, it's no guarantee that you're going to get top-tier Western Conference power every time you go up against one of these Western Conference teams. Uh, the Utah Jazz came out as one of the best offenses in the league alongside the Charlotte Hornets and neither team shot well. Uh, So sometimes you catch teams on an off night. The Hornets were unable to take advantage uh, at the beginning of that Utah Jazz game. So if they get a team, if they get a Denver team that may be ready to go into the Christmas break a little early, maybe they're slacking off a little bit. Maybe you catch up on them. The Hornets should, you know, if if the NBA, by the way, uh, if the NBA decides they want to continue playing through these uh, health and safety protocol absences, you're seeing game postponements 
across the board. Toronto's in danger of postponing several games. The Nets have postponed several games. The Wizards have had issues. The Bulls have had issues. Lots of teams right now dealing with it. The Hornets have already dealt with it. Now, now they just had Cody Martin go on the health and safety protocols, so it doesn't preclude them. It doesn't, honestly, it doesn't preclude any of the players that have gone on health and safety protocols already. They could re-enter those health and safety protocols. So there's no guarantee that the Hornets remain out of COVID jail. Uh, but if they do, and if any team does, you, you would think if the, if the NBA is going to continue along this line and say, all right, we're going to keep playing. We're not going to do what the NHL is doing and pausing games. We're going to keep playing, and we're just going to say, hey, you can sign as many replacement players, find guys on the street, find guys in the G League, find guys overseas, find guys at your local rec center, whatever. Just bring them on, put them in a uniform, and, and send them out there. If that's, if that's going to be the way the NBA continues to operate post-Christmas, then the Hornets have an advantage. If the NBA decides, all right, we're going to do what the NFL is doing and say, if you've been vaccinated, if you've been boosted, then the testing protocols, we're going to ease up on those. If you have symptoms, we test you, you go into the protocol. If you come in and you're healthy and no one's seen you sniffle or cough, then uh, play on, young man. Uh, if, they, if that's how they operate, then suddenly that advantage goes away. But honestly, I don't know that the Hornets need an advantage. Uh, they need to figure some things out internally with the team, and they need this schedule to ease up. I mentioned in the first segment the schedule has been rough, 21 of 33 games on the road, a lot of back-to-backs, a lot of uh, not a lot of rest uh, for the weary Hornets. Um, they do get some. Let's take a look at this. In January, nine home games versus eight away games, only two back-to-backs, and more importantly – Five games versus teams that the Hornets are winless against. Only five of those 17 games are against teams that the Hornets are winless against, and they've actually played them. There are a few games like against Toronto where they haven't played the Raptors yet. It'll be uh, the first game of the series. But only five games against teams that they've played and they have not been able to beat. There's two against Milwaukee, one against the Sixers, um, and then... Uh, one against Boston, and I'm and I'm missing one that I have to take a look at. February, you go into February, so you so that's favorable for the Hornets in January. But then you go into February, and it's eight home games versus four away games. So they're playing a ton of home games, only one back to back, and multiple instances where you get two plus days off, which obviously includes uh, the uh, the All Star break, which will be a break for all teams. And but but the Hornets get several multiple days off. That's going to be important for the Hornets. It could be even more important, okay, if they add someone at the trade deadline because you're going to want those practice days in February and March uh, to to help get that player and all of the other players accustomed to playing with each other. So if the Hornets do indeed make a deal, then that's going to be extremely important so the schedule so that's that's in the season of giving and hope i'm giving you hope that the charlotte hornets can turn things around because the schedule does ease up okay i've got one more segment to go most disappointing player this season if you want to turn that around and be positive we can talk about which hornets have the most room to improve as we close in on 2022 the schedule is going to ease up. We know that. The level of the opponent is going to ease up. 
Uh, but so can several of these players improve? I'm going to give you a few. One website had Terry Rozier as the most disappointing player so far this season. I kind of take issue with that. Uh, I, Terry struggled, but I but I think that there are uh, there's one other player that may be more deserving. I'd love to know what you think. Most disappointing player this season, or if you want to be positive, since we're right here at Christmas, if you want to be positive and say most room for improvement this season, let us know on Twitter at uh, Locked On Hornets. Let's talk about Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors. You're going to have a hard time choosing this holiday season. Will you have the raspberry or the mint brownie, the cherry or the double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Bill Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all of those holiday shoppers. I love shopping after Christmas. That's when it gets really crazy because there are some deals because people, these retailers, they know you're going to shop and they know you're going to be there, and so you're going to need that extra fuel from Built Bar to take on uh, those that shopping madness that's going to happen. It's the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar at family parties because people are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it, and things can get out of hand. So go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built Bar. And use, hey, if you get some money over the Christmas uh, holiday, maybe some moolah, some cash, why don't you try to turn that cash into more cash with our friends at Bet Online? Bet Online, have you, they have you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Football continues. It's the march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. Whoa, that's crazy. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Bet Online's been with us a long time, by the way. They supported Locked On Hornets and the Locked On Podcast Network for a long time, so please support them. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and the 2022 season. We're almost done with this year. This this no good sometimes year. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. More locked on Hornets ahead. Stick around. This is locked on Hornets. If you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, this is me cooking up this segment. Um, yeah, I mean, the there, we've, is what you're doing. Well, this this like segment will. What's oh yeah, well yeah, it's kind of a vertical cabbage patch. You don't see that very <laughs> often. Vertical cabbage patch. Revo- I'm revolutionizing white I'm guy pre- dancing moves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Juwan Howard did that when they were going to the Final Four. I think that's what happened. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. So I'm cruising through Twitter, and as I often do, I come upon a, uh, a tweet, and I disagree with it, and then I don't save it for some reason. So I can't show you the tweet. Can't tell you who tweeted it. It was one of these kind of random NBA blogs, and they were listing the most disappointing players for each team. Had a nice fancy graphic, and I wish I had saved it because I could show it to you here on the YouTube channel, but I did not, and I could not find it before today's show. But I did remember that uh, the 
graphic display Terry Rozier as the most disappointing player for the Charlotte Hornets this season. And uh, I think that there's an argument for that, for sure, because of the contract that the Hornets gave to Terry Rozier was a large deal. And so with any kind of deal, you're going to be worried about a player getting the bag and then, you know, maybe taking the foot off of the gas. Uh, You're going to be worried about a player trying on the sort of alternate side of that, trying to live up to the expectations of the contract and then failing to do so because there's a lot of pressure that comes along with being a high paid player for a team. I don't think that either of those things are the case for Terry Rozier. Uh, He's certainly not a player who gets a bag and then just kind of lays up. I mean, the guy's a baller. I mean, he just plays. He loves to play the game. He was gathering up players in the offseason uh, and and really trying to get everyone to come together and have a great season. So I don't I don't think that that's the issue at all. I think he's right now in particular he is in a shooting slump and he's desperately trying to shoot his way out of it and uh, also uh, you know try to help the team in other ways. But you know with Terry Rozier, his slot is scoring. It's late game scoring, especially you know he he's somebody that they depend on for that. Uh, just hasn't been able to really get off to a great start, and it's been part of the reason why the Hornets have struggled in first quarters um, this season. So, I mean, if you look at Terry Rozier kind of year over year, uh, his usage rate has gone down two percentage points. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that LaMelo Ball is getting more usage and also Miles Bridges, uh, especially early in the season. Early in the season, but his points per shot attempt are down 10 points from 116 last season to 106. But it's still kind of, I mean, for his position, uh, according to Clean the Glass, I mean, that points per shot attempt is average for his position, uh, 52nd percentile, so he's kind of right in the middle. Again, I get the argument for most disappointing because he has the large deal. So you say, hey, large deal, I don't want that, I don't want that points per, sh- per shot attempt to go down. I want it to go up or at least stay the same, and it has not. His assist percentage is also down. Again, I think it goes to that thing of like Terry Rozier – helps your team in one very specific way. And if it's and if he's not doing that, um, then it's going to look bad. So th- that's kind of the argument for Terry Rozier. But I think there's one other player uh, that I would argue has been more disappointing. I know a lot of you, uh, especially in the YouTube comments, are going to shout, Gordon Hayward! Gordon Hayward has been disappointing this season. But I mean, just from a pure stats perspective... Not really. I mean, his points per shot attempt is only down one point, and uh, his actual the percentile for his position, which uh, cleaning the glass lists him as a wing, for for a wing player, it's in the seventieth percentile. So I mean, his his scoring rate has been great. His assist percentage is is high. Um, his usage percentage has gone down, but he's been able to be a little bit, uh, just a little less efficient on less usage, uh, and so you know. Sp- I think people expect a lot from Gordon because, again, because of the contract size. But from a pure stats perspective, I don't think um, that he's been uh, the most disappointing player this season. Now, lately, uh, you know, he was out in the last game because of lower back discomfort. If he plays again against Denver, I think there's there's go there's got to be an expectation that he plays better. Uh, that not only is he aggressive. Uh, but that he actually uh, can be an impact player on offense because the past two games that he has played have been miserable offensively, and Borrego has limited his minutes. Now, how much of that was injury and how much was it actual performance? Tough to say, 
but there's no denying that he needs to play better offensively than he's playing right now. Okay, my most disappointing player of this season, I think, is Mason Plumley. I think it's hands down Mason Plumley. If you look at the use, usage percentage, it's way down from from what was essentially, I mean, it was a career year. His one season in Detroit, he was coming off three and a half seasons with Denver, comes into Detroit. His points per shot attempt was 126.8 for a big that was 77th percentile. I mean, he was a decent offensive player for Detroit, and his usage percentage was 17.1%. For Charlotte, that goes down five percentage points. And you're playing with LaMelo Ball. You think as a center, like if if you can be effective offensively and you're playing alongside a player like LaMelo Ball who can get you the ball, you think that usage percentage would go up, but it hasn't. I think part of the reason is because there's not a level of trust there offensively for Mason Plumley. His points per shot attempt, 111.3, down from 126.8. That is a significant drop, and he is now a below-average big when it comes uh, to points per shot attempt. His his block percentage, his steal percentage is about the same. His foul percentage is about the, th- the same. But I would say his defensive rebounding is down significantly. Um, so, you know, he's not rebounding as well. Uh, he is not scoring as well, turning the ball over a little bit more as well. So I think Mason Plumley. they look, the Charlotte brought him in to be a stopgap. And so far, it has been a flop gap. It has not been very good at all. You've seen his minutes get limited, but the Hornets don't have very many options. You know, the Hornets have gone small many times this season because they've been without Mason Plumley and their, you know, Nick Richards and Vernon Carey have not been suitable replacements. And so they've gone to PJ Washington at center. Sometimes they've gone even smaller than that. But when they go small, so because I think we're used to, like, when we think of elite small lineups, we think of, you know, the Warriors and the Golden State Warriors and their elite small lineups. But those were elite small lineups because they could both defend and play offense, okay? The Hornets' small lineups, when you look at their offensive rating versus their defensive rating, they just kill teams offensively. But defensively, they can't keep up. So the small we have a couple of small lineups right now that have positive net ratings. Some have double-digit positive net ratings. But it's because their offensive rating is like 144, and their defensive rating is an abysmal 130-plus. But when you're outscoring teams that significantly, then you have the positive plus-minus. But you can't defend. And over time, that's why you can't play those small lineups for significant numbers of minutes because over time, a team's going to catch up. You play those in bursts, score some points, whether you're catching up because you're in a, in a big hole because the starters have not played well to open first quarters, or whether you're trying to you know extend maybe a small lead. It's great for short bursts, but because... P.J. Washington has played okay to, I think, better than average defensively this season. But when a team can really get their teeth into that lineup, they're going to annihilate it defensively. And so you have to depend on that lineup to hit shot after shot and almost be perfect offensively in order for that to be effective. And so uh, all of that, I think, is why I think Mason Plumley. If you want to say there's one player that has to step it up the most, if the Hornets aren't going to do anything at the trade deadline, then if the Hornets have literally any shot in a first-round matchup or or really, honestly, any shot 
to get into the playoffs and avoid maybe a play-in situation, then Mason Plumley has to play significantly better. Okay, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Hornets. Uh, thanks so much to uh, all the people that sponsor the show. Thanks so much to all of you for making us your first listen. Make sure you're listening to Locked On Fantasy Basketball. It's the number one fantasy basketball podcast in all of the land. And listen, if there's any time where you need fantasy basketball advice, it's going to be now because uh, players are dropping left and right. All right, uh, we'll have some. We'll have something in the feed tomorrow. Preview recap some stuff to get you through the holiday season but if i don't see you on youtube again uh, have a wonderful holiday season enjoy your family stay safe and we'll see you on the other side of the christmas holiday thanks for listening and watching